What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. Big day for Bitcoin today. The grayscale uh, suit against the SEC to overturn a previous SEC ruling uh, has come down in favor of grayscale. So now the pathway is open for them to turn GBTC, which has about 600,000 Bitcoins, into a spot Bitcoin ETF. Huge, huge news. The price, of course, jumped on uh, that release this morning. I'm going to go through a few tweets, see where we're at, what the future holds, because a lot of my attention, if you follow my content, a lot of my attention has been on Friday because that is when all of the ETFs are coming up for approval or delay. What does it say for those ETFs, this decision? Um, let's dive in. So first off, I want to share my screen. Before I get into the price chart, guys, check out BitcoinAndMarkets.com. Become a free member. You get all of my content, notifications of all my content, no spam ever. Uh, you get a weekly newsletter, all of that stuff. You can also support my content there. I appreciate everybody who supports. This is a listener-supported podcast and live stream and show, uh, so I can't do it without your guys' support. Uh, also, check out all the places I'm live streaming. I'm live streaming on YouTube, Rumble, Twitter, at Ansel Linder and Telegram, and that's my community over there on Telegram. It's t.me forward slash Bitcoin and Markets. Let me just make sure I'm going out everywhere. Got a sinking feeling. Yep, I'm unmuted on everything. Okay, so this is the Bitcoin chart, and you can see that that decision hit this morning, and we rocketed higher. So a total move in just a few hours' time of about 8%. I'm going to share this with Telegram since you guys don't have eyes. But Telegram, a lot of this stuff is going to be tweets that I've shared in the channel during the day, discussion that we've had going back and forth on it. Uh, It's been great discussion, people pointing out, making great points about, um, oh, you know, this is not a actual approval. This is just clearing the way for an approval, um, making the SEC go back to the drawing board. Um, so yeah, lots of discussion back and forth. What does this mean? How come the price is acting the way it is right now? You know, like, uh, in my opinion, this is one of the biggest decisions, biggest like pieces of information in Bitcoin history. Um, it is up there with, I I think it was early 2017 when the futures CME futures were approved, but it didn't go into effect until December. And that was, you know, one day off of the all-time high was when the future started trading. Um, this will go down in history kind of like that period that was a pivotal period when the CME actually first approved uh, listing. I, actually, that would be, uh, that wasn't the SEC that approved that, right? That was the CFTC that approved the Bitcoin futures, I believe. But anyway, um, that was a big deal. This is another big deal. Of course, there are other ETFs spot like ETFs or ETPs, I believe they're called in Europe, um, ETNs some places. Uh, so there are other spot products out there in the world. But of course, the US being the largest, most liquid, most cap- capital intense, intensive market out there, this is going to be a game changer for Bitcoin. But let's go out to the daily because I wanted to show a couple more things. We have See, I have this red line on here. This is still the dead the deadline on September 1st 
for the ETFs, which is Friday. So Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, three days until this line. Uh, we'll see what happens to the price. I, I was talking yes on yesterday's live stream and newsletter. However, the price acted up to that time would tell us what the probability of these getting approved on Friday are. I know I started with a 90% approval for the BlackRock thing. Then I kind of tempered that because price was dipping and I thought that was a bad sign. But anyway, okay, let's bring up the moving averages. The price is back over the 200-day moving average, which is extremely important. Uh, usually when, uh, you know, this goes back to early in Bitcoin, um, the Mayer multiple was how far Bitcoin is from the 200-day moving average. And when it was under one, you know, with the price is within doubling of the 200-day moving average, that's a good buy. And I mean, we're right on the 200-day moving average. You can't get a better buy than this, especially when we're sitting on the imminent launch of a spot ETF. Uh, this is one of the best risk reward zones that I've seen in Bitcoin's history. So, um, but that's the, that's the daily also on the weekly, which let me hide this line because it's in the way here. The weekly has also crossed over the 200 week moving average, which is very, very important line in Bitcoin's history. We had never really gone below it for any period of time until this FTX collapse and stuff. That was the first time that we had spent a significant period of time under the 200-week moving average. Uh, back here in June, we dipped below it, rallied right back up. Here, we've dipped below it in August, but we have rallied right back up. So we will see where that's going. But a lot of this uh, uh, technical analysis has totally changed in the last six hours since this news dropped. Okay, let's get into some of these tweets. So James Seifert, he is from the Bloomberg ETF team, and these guys are all over it. Um, they have been covering it very well. They've been giving really good odds on this stuff. Of course, they live and breathe ETFs and the SEC. So uh, they are the experts here. And so far, they have been spot on. So the big part of this decision that their people are pulling out is this rationale. Um, so the commission, the commission's unexplained discounting of the obvious financial and mathematical relationship between the spot and futures markets falls short of the standard of reasoned decision making. That's important line because this is one thing that I have been saying, and of course others have been saying, that it doesn't make sense to have this long history of a Bitcoin futures ETF and now a double 2x Bitcoin futures ETF, you know, a leveraged futures ETF that relies on the spot market for its pricing. But somehow a spot ETF is too volatile you know it's it's not allowed and these these it was a three judge panel and they ruled three to zero against the sec that's a huge sign as well that it wasn't two to one it was three zero against the sec and they're saying right here there's your logic the sec's logic falls short 
of the standard for reasoned decision-making. That's huge. That means if they don't approve a spot ETF with these futures ETFs, they're going to have lawsuits up the yin-yang. And, it, you know, this is an expensive process to go through a large, long, drawn-out court proceeding like this. So Grayscale spent a lot of money to do this. Um, and now you're going to have to fight it against BlackRock and Fidelity and all these major players. I don't, th- I don't think the SEC is wanting to do that. So very interesting that this is pretty much has made the decision on these ETFs. Let's continue with James Seifert. He has some other stuff to say here. So he's breaking down in this thread that I did share as well on Telegram for you guys over there. Um, He's breaking down how the process, trying to figure out the process to go from this decision to an actual spot ETF, because it's not like this decision created automatically, you know, in seven days, we'll get a spot ETF. No, it's go, has to go through some more hoops. Um, the SEC takes the ball and they go back and they have to reconsider this grayscale application. Now, most people think that they, since the court has overruled their re, the SEC's reasoning for the initial rejection, that now the SEC is kind of left with nothing else to do. But James Seifert says this is not really the case. He says, first, that they could revoke the listing of Bitcoin futures ETFs. So remember, the, the court said treating the futures different from the spot doesn't make logical sense. Uh, it's not fair. So what the SEC could do is revoke the listings of the futures ETFs. When I read this the first time, I was like, man, I doubt that is even possible. I mean, they're looking at doing Ethereum futures. Those are supposed to be pretty much locked in at this point for approval. And they have the leveraged ETF for Bitcoin futures. They have all this stuff, multiple futures ETFs. And they're going to revoke that listing. I think that is out of the question. I would put that at a 99.9% that that's out of the question. Okay, so what else could they do according to James Seifert? Um, The second potential avenue is to deny on reasons not used before, which I have been saying for months could have to do with custody or settlement of Bitcoin, which is not something that futures ETFs, which are cash settled, have to worry about. SEC has made a lot of noise around custodians. So, First, they could revoke the listing of all futures ETFs, or they could just come up with some novel new reason for rejecting, which I also think is beyond the scope of possibility. Because this has been going on for a long time. You know, 2017 was when the first ETF started getting rejected. And the rationale has always been the same or very close. It has never been around custody. It has always been around volatility, manipulation, stuff like that. So, and the judge has rejected that because it's not consistent with the futures reasoning. So I don't think this is a workable thing for the SEC either, especially because this was 3-0. This is seen as a big embarrassment for the SEC. 
So those are the two things that James Seifert says. Okay, another guy on James Seifert team, Seifert's team is Eric Balkunis. Uh, I think he's the lead. Let's see, senior ETF analyst. So I think he's the head of their team. And he's been saying a few things here. Let's go down to the first thing he talked about. Uh, the discount for GBTC. So he uh, tweet quoted, if they're still called tweets, uh, tweet quoted James Seifert. And when he was talking about the GBTC discount um, is closing fast. And that's one of the things we came to on our Telegram, uh, you know, after going back and forth for just a few minutes. I think it was like 20 minutes after the news dropped. We were going back and forth. And we we said, hey, you know, this discount is going to close rapidly. So you need like this is a great buying opportunity for GBTC because people are going to either buy it up. Um, yeah, people are going to buy it up. So that discount closes. It will be zero by the time this launches as an ETF. It will be zero. So, and it's still sitting at 17% today. I think that's the lowest it got. Um, we'll have to see what it gets to the rest of the week, especially Friday um, with all of the other ETFs being announced. Uh, this discount could disappear by Monday. I, I do think that. Okay, let's see what else he has to say. He was talking about this re revoking the Bitcoin futures ETF that James Seifert said was a one option. And he said, some have asked whether they could revoke the Bitcoin futures ETFs. Highly unlikely in our view, especially given their recent openness to the Ether futures ETF. In the end, I know it and you know it and even animals know it. The best move is to just approve the damn things already. Very, I mean, he's a professional. He's not laser eye guy. And he is even getting frustrated with this whole thing. There's no legal standing to deny a Bitcoin ETF. There's no rational standing to deny a Bitcoin ETF. And even these professionals are getting upset, getting frustrated with this whole thing. Um, he had another comment up here that I thought was interesting. So he says, even ABC News is covering this. Just saw CNN too. Highly rare for ETF to appear in mainstream news headline happens like once every seven years. It matters in my opinion, because embarrassing PR like this can increase the political untenableness of denial, which was always part of our calculus. Very interesting. I didn't know it was that rare to see these headlines, I guess on the front page, maybe um, I've seen a bunch of ETF headlines just random ones, but maybe not like front page news on their websites or something. Uh, so he said it happens once every seven years. I mean, this guy's this could turn into a gold ETF moment. I think gold, man, now I don't remember the percentages, but gold went up maybe a thousand percent after the ETF was approved. Of course, it took four years. Gold is much slower than Bitcoin. Um, but I can see Bitcoin going up a thousand percent in one year from this. So I thought that was very interesting. Okay, let's take a look at Dylan McClare. Dylan McClare has a interesting take. So he must've been posting about it quite a lot. And he said his last point on GBTC for now, ignore what Grayscale says. Their interest is the status quo. 
no ETF approvals, and continue milking a 2% fee on 600,000 Bitcoins. ETF approvals would mean either dropping fee dropping by 75% to 50 basis points and massive outflows from the trust. Either way, revenue collapses. So interesting. They're saying that this is not the best for Grayscale, but then why would Grayscale go through with this in the first place? It's, is it a, was it a marketing scheme just to pump Bitcoin's price? Maybe, but GBDC, they're going to lose a lot of their, well, I guess they're milking, they have 600 K and they lose 2% a year. So they can just milk that for a long time, you know, pretty much in perpetuity until those 600 K Bitcoins go away. But this is going to make it much less attractive as a product versus a spot Bitcoin ETF, uh, Grayscale, the trust. So I don't know what to think about this yet. Uh, I don't know what to think about Grayscale's uh, you know, objectives, but I do think it is a race to get the first Bitcoin spot ETF. There's a lot of money in it. Point on Telegram was saying, you know, he thinks that BlackRock has been already accumulating and they're doing that because they know once it gets approved, they're going to need Bitcoin. But also they're going to be able to buy it low. And by the time it gets approved and it comes to market and they're selling these ETF shares, uh, they are able to unload that Bitcoin to the ETF for a much higher price. You know, it's kind of like a risk free almost as long as it gets approved, which is highly likely at this point. Um, I think that's possible. I also think it's a third party, too. I mean, there could be other whales accumulating Bitcoin and wanting to sell it to these ETFs when they get approved. That would be a great entrepreneurial business move. You know, if I had access to a billion dollars, I probably would buy some Bitcoin just to hold it and dump it onto, uh, onto BlackRock or uh, ARK ETF or whoever. So anyway, interesting take from Dylan. And the last thing I will talk about on this stream right here is from Whale Chart. I don't like to use this guy's tweets very often, but uh, this was interesting. So he said, from Bluebird Intelligence, they believe a spot Bitcoin ETF could launch this week in the US. I don't know where he got that from. Obviously he says Bloomberg Intelligence, but I looked for that and I did not see it. For, uh, maybe it was on Bloomberg, the, you know, the TV interview or something. Uh, he could have got it from there. Uh, and launch that could also be a misinterpretation. Maybe the the Bloomberg Intelligence said that it could be approved this week, not necessarily launch. But I think this sums up how much potential this situation has created today, and we see it rocketing higher in the price. So that's all I have for this one, guys. Check out BitcoinAndMarkets.com. To sign up to become a free member to get the free weekly newsletter and notifications of all my content make sure you like comment subscribe if you're watching this on youtube rumble follow me on twitter at ansel lindner or x whatever you guys want to call it i'm still calling it twitter <laughs> and telegram t.me forward slash bitcoin and markets to join the telegram um all right that's gonna do it i'll see you guys on the next one bye What's up, Telegram? You guys have anything to add to that? What did I miss? 
I've been offline for the last two hours. So just wondering right before that live stream, I just got back like 10 minutes prior, tried to catch up. Let me check and see if there's any other headlines. Okay. Let me see if there's any other headlines. Labor market implodes job openings crater prior data unexpectedly revised sharply lower. This is big news from zero hedge for months. We have been warning that at a time when the U S economy was careening into a hard landing recession, the manipulated, seasonally adjusted, and politically goal-seeked job openings data released as part of the DOL's JOLTS report is sheer rubbish. All right. I, I don't know if I can read this because it's it's just so freaking. It is just full of conspiracy. And don't get me wrong. I think there is room for corruption. There is room for error on these things. But you're... you're in, implying bad faith. And yeah, we do that to China, I guess. But China is completely different. <laughs> it's completely different. I mean, th this stuff is open source. Okay. You can go in and check how it's done. Um, we might not agree with seasonal adjustments. We not, might not agree with um, different ways that they change seasonal adjustments and they change the, th there's something in the jobs, like it's a automatic adjustment that they'll get the raw data and then they automatically always add something because they figure that they are incomplete right that their survey data is incomplete um yeah we can disagree with that but that that's something completely different from saying that it is malicious and i used to be on the malicious bandwagon 100 percent. i was an anarchist i went to anarchapoco and totally, and I haven't completely changed my mind over the last few years because I do still think that the least government is the most efficient. But I don't look at things like this, like CPI and the jobs report and all this stuff. I don't look at it as like systematic corruption. I mean, if it's systematically corrupt, why would they do, why would they revise it? You know, why would they ever tell the truth? You know, like they, they constantly, constantly lie. If they if there is something the government's lying about or people in the government, like the president or the president's son or whatever, even the media about something, they always they stick to it until the end. So why would these numbers be revised? The BLS is the Biden administration. Uh, there is a war here happening between the deep state or I think the. FBI, CIA types, and the other part of the executive branch, which is the DOJ, the IRS, the, maybe the BLS, those, those are firmly on the side of the radicals, the radical Marxists. So I don't know. I, I, don't, I just, that first line just makes me cringe when I read it. Let me see if there's any hands. No. All right, well, let me read a couple more lines here. With consensus expecting only a modest drop in the July job openings from 9.5 million, or sorry, from 9.582 million to 9.5 million, what the BLS reported instead is a doozy. In July, there was just 8.827 million job openings, the first sub 9 million print since March of 2021. It was also the third biggest miss on record. Wow, that's a pretty big deal. Third biggest miss on record. 
I mean, th- this is funny because, you know, if this is so corrupt and it is so wrong, why do we even care that it's the third biggest miss on record? Why is that bolded an exclamation point by Zero Hedge if this is unreliable data, if this is completely corrupted to its core? It doesn't make sense to even consider this a big deal. So what? There was a jobs miss. You know, this is the same thing with inflation. These inflationistas, they will say inflation is higher than ever reported. Then it goes up when people like me say there's probably going to be some high CPI here because of supply chain crises. And then when it, and they say, look, look, the CPI is showing 9%. This is high, high inflation. It's the highest inflation in 40 years. So then they say CPI is correct. But the whole time they've been saying it's manipulated. So which is it? They want to have their cake and eat it too. You see this, this is a, this is a derangement syndrome of some sort, you know, like people that taking it from the Trump derangement syndrome. If, if you see, or if you um, ask somebody what their opinions on Trump are, and it's just totally out of left field and you're like, okay, well, where did you ever see that or hear that? They're like, I don't know. I just know it because they were told it, told about it. They don't ever think about it. They just have derangement syndrome. And even if you show them like Trump not doing what they say they think he did, they will still believe it to their dying breath that he's guilty of something. It's the same thing with inflation. They are so deranged that they see high inflation everywhere that it doesn't matter if you say, well, look at the price of oil. It's lower than it was after the great financial crisis, you know, from 20. Uh, 2009 to 2014, we're lower now, 10 years later. Gold price, I think it might have just popped back above its 2011 high, but it's been flirting with its 2011 high, 12 years old high. Gold is still at the same place. You can look at commodities. The only commodity that made a new all-time high like of major commodities was copper. And it barely made a little bit of a major uh, higher high than the great financial crisis. So you just, you'd lay out some basics and you say like, okay, where's the inflation? And they're, oh no, it doesn't matter. They won't believe their eyes. They have to believe in inflation because it's part of their, their worldview, I guess. And it's just like these jobs numbers here. It's, I mean, listen to this line. So uh, manipulated, seasonally adjusted, and politically goal-seeked job openings data. And then third biggest miss on record, explanation point. <laughs> it just is, am I going crazy here, people? But anyway, that's interesting. That's all I got for that. Let's see if there's any hands. If I missed any, guys, if you raised it while I was off the little screen, you can raise them now. If not... I am going to call it a day there. So thanks for hanging out, guys. Oh, hurricane coming. Tomorrow we're supposed to have bad storms, so I'll, my power will probably be on and off during the day, unfortunately. So I don't know how much time I'll be spending online tomorrow. Don't know if I'll be live streaming or anything, but I will be doing as much as I can. So, all right, guys, I will see you on the next one. Bye. Bye.